Hi, Mike. So, Hi, Tony. So, uh, for everyone, uh, we are talking again uh, with the most influential Catholic intellectual, Mr. E. Michael Jones. So, welcome. Thank you, Tony. Yeah. So, Mike, we discussed we discussed on email uh, something about the the new new happenings in Italian politics. Uh, the lady just won the elections. So, right. Yeah, the discussion was going uh, into the nationalism question. Right. And there was the, this interesting, let's say, question: Is does rising nationalism means rising logos? So you can. Uh, in, uh, in 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 Europe, uh, yes. Uh, in Europe, we're, we're seeing a reaction to the overreach of the European Union, the overreach of NATO, and the overreach of the American Empire. It's been going on too long. All of these, uh, all of these institutions have become tyrannical. Uh, the, the response of Ursula von Leyen uh, to the election of Maloney is a classic example. Uh, the EU is now getting ready to punish Italy for exercising representative government. Uh, NATO is uh, became obsolete in uh, 1991 with the collapse of the Soviet Union. It should have been abolished. But now what we're seeing here is an, an unprecedented escalation, uh, which is basically uh, the United States is waging war against Europe right now. Uh, it's trying to distract the world's attention uh, by uh, uh, engaging in a war with Russia in the Ukraine. But the war is really against Europe. Europe is going to be destroyed by the United States. Uh, and I, I mentioned, I, I'm basing this on a report of the, uh, the RAND Corporation came out with this report uh, about the plan for the war uh, in February. Uh, I'm also basing it on the fact that uh, we we are, are we are seeing an unprecedented escalation right now, as we speak, and I'm talking about the basically the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, I don't know whether the news has reached you yet. Have you have you seen the news? Yes, yes. Somebody, uh, somebody just bombed the Nord Stream one and two pipelines. Yeah. So uh, who who could do this? Why would uh, first of all, if we look into this, um, Joe Biden made this statement. I have the I have the news clip uh, of him in February, February seventh. He was asked. He was talk, Olaf Scholz was there. He was asked a question, and he said, uh, "If if Russia." invades the Ukraine with tanks and so on and so forth, we will destroy the Nord Stream pipeline. Well, if you destroy the Nord Stream pipeline, you're not attacking Russia, you're attacking Germany. This is an attack on Germany. And this is an attack on Europe. This is an attack on every single country in Europe, especially Croatia, because you're a, a sort of satellite of, of Germany. And uh, this is the, the war that's currently being waged here. Yes, I I actually agree <laughs> with you to, to, to up to a point. <laughs> well, uh, the, the, the I mean we can back we can back up and say okay, Maloney is part of a reaction against all the forces that I've already mentioned. This reaction in Europe was inevitable. It's inevitable given the way the European Union has developed, uh, and and uh, it's it's uh, it already happened in. In Sweden, Sweden elected a nationalist party. Uh, Hungary was already taking this course. The European Union was planning to punish Hungary. Uh, it, it's it's only logical that Italy would go uh, along with this type of thing. Now, okay. Maloney gave it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The nationalism in the EU is is uh, is is all another topic. I wanted to go back to the to the attack on the Europe uh, thing. So basically, even even Trump uh, like gave an gave an intro into this by saying that uh, that uh, he sees the EU as an adversary or something like that. 
So basically, I agree. There is there is uh, the the consequence of this of this conflict is to try to try to to hurt Europe basically. But but I'm looking at it that it's done that it's done <laughs> complicitly by Russia too. I mean, from the Euro perspective, as, as you defined uh, us like being the German satellites, uh, this this attack on Europe is some kind of a some kind of a deal between between the the Russia and the U.S. It's, it's seen that way at least. <laughs> Because well, you'll have you'll have to explain that to me. That's 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 yeah, beyond yeah. what okay, I can okay. see. So here. yes, uh, so the, the the hurting yourself and uh, by 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 disconnecting the Russian gas, that's not ac actually the accounting problem. It's not seen as an accounting or economic problem in Europe. It's seen like as a as a moral dilemma. So it's it's a moral problem. Uh, in in the Europe, there there was this. This desire to make some kind of agreement with Russia and to, and to squeeze the Americans out. The let's say the this this informal agreement was reached between uh, Chancellor Kohl and uh, Gorbachev, something like that. So the you have you have to have a partner on the other side. And if you are and the EU is a is a specific organization that <laughs> that that needs that needs a partner that that understands it on the other side and the, on the other side the best way to do it for Gorbachev was to free the Russian people from the Russian Empire and and make some make some let's say uh, some some fair deal with the Europeans. But you have then, uh, and and you have, and all the actions went into this. I mean, the pipelines one, the Nord Stream one, Nord Stream two were constructed. Uh, Germany and the EU invested like millions of euros in the in the Russian industry. It was all, it was all going well until <laughs> at one point, like uh, Russia went, uh, Russia like backstabbed Europe. It went in an imperialistic. It took an imper did, imperialistic turn, and it went. It went to war. It, it invaded the Ukraine. Now this wait was, this, Now wait. Now wait. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Okay. You're you're missing a large part of the picture here. Uh, the United States. The United States uh, staged a color revolution in the Ukraine and overthrew the uh, democratically elected government at that time. Okay. We know this. the war started in the Ukraine in 2014. It didn't start in 2022. Yeah, I agree. The, I'm, I'm not... Isn't that important? I yes, mean, you're of course it's important. You're, you're I'm, not, I'm not talking about the first, uh, first invasion. This invasion, this was seen as, as, uh, as let's say... Uh, the first invasion that the Russia did was to occupy Donbas and, and Crimea, and it was largely tolerated by by the EU. Uh, basically, no economic no, just, ties just or something. Crimea. It, what? It, they, they, they didn't occupy Donbas. They only they took uh, Crimea back. Yeah, of course they did not. Some uh, green green soldiers with, without without patches on the uniform just showed up, and oh, we know the story. But okay, uh, whoever whoever did invade, you know, Crimea. They did not have to invade because they already had the military there. They had an agreement, military agreement with Ukraine, and they, there were far more Russian soldiers in Crimea than Ukrainian. So never mind. Whoever invaded it, it was, it was seen some kind of a, of a, let's say, measured response. And nobody, well, there were some sanctions and some blah, blah, but basically Russian, Russian European economic ties remained alive. And there was no severing of, of, of ties and of relations. Uh, the I think later, I think the war only, only I think some the, six years later was this was this big assault that basically broke the Europe the, the cross the Europe's red, red line. So it's not it's not an economical question anymore. It's more uh, it's seen from the Europe as a moral one. So the argument that, that the gas will be now very expensive. <laughs> has no much, has not, <laughs> not, 
not not much not not much moral gravity. You know? It's the way it's seen from here, from from my perspective. Well, I uh, I'm trying to find some common ground here. Uh, first of all, the Rand the Rand report uh, did say that Germany was moving closer to Russia. It's obvious that Germany is moving closer to Russia. They've got the two pipelines. Uh, it was obvious that the United States was not happy about this. Even Donald Trump uh, told the Germans to shut down the pipeline. Uh, that has been the goal of American foreign policy ever ever since it started. So I think you're right. But the point here is that uh, Anglo-American foreign policy is based on the McKinder thesis. And the McKinder thesis says whenever the European landmass starts to unite, as in Germany getting closer to Russia— the uh, Anglo-Americans have to declare a war. I think that's what happened here. I think that anything Russia did, uh, other if you're talking about economic cooperation, I don't see that anything wrong with that. It's natural that Russia would collaborate with Germany. Yeah, uh, it was it was mutual. It it was going on until the the other invasion. I mean, the the one that's seen as unprovoked and and excessive. You know. The first one was, I already told you, it was tolerated, and no serious consequences were raised in Europe after, after you know, uh, unsourcing uh, like 20% uh, of Ukraine by Russia, basically. But the, this other one, I mean, the, the, the full, uh, I mean, we can debate it, but we can debate it on and on, but from, from, the, from this EU-centric perspective, it's seen as clearly uh, immoral and, and wrong, you know. And so it's, it's like a moral red line. It basically, from my point of view, it was like Russia took a bait and was, was tricked into, into invading Ukraine. It was, it was a threat. I don't, th I don't think they had any choice because NATO was going to bring uh, Ukraine into NATO. They were going to bring them into NATO. That meant that, that if uh, Russia attacked then, it would be uh, set off that clause where all the NATO nations have to fight against them. If the Ukraine had, had come into NATO, they could have stationed nuclear weapons in the wow. eastern part of the Ukraine. Okay. And those missiles could have reached Moscow in a matter of minutes. And I think Russia perceived this as an existential threat. And I, thought, I think they felt they had to act. Okay. Okay, it's like your opinion, but if you if you see what uh, what the uh, German Chancellor and the French President said, that are basically the pillars of NATO too, they they were against uh, having Ukraine. NATO doesn't have any troops. NATO is just uh, an alliance. So the troops that, that the German Chancellor uh, is an irrelevant. Uh, uh, what should I say? Uh, servant of the American empire. The Germans don't even have a government. They don't have a constitution. They do not have a government that can operate independently of the United States. The United States has total veto power over all political decisions in Germany. So the German minister is a puppet. And I think that they thought maybe they could get along with peaceful collaboration, and the United States vetoed that. The United States is pulling out all the stops here uh, because... As this report says, uh, an independent Europe is perceived as an economic threat to the United States' interest. And so now they've got a war where they win coming and going. They weaken, you get, you're, you get Germany fighting Russia, and you win no matter who wins. Because you, they're both your enemies, and both of them are weakened by the war. Yes. Yes, the Germans are subservient to the U.S., and they have, uh, let's say, they don't have much international and geopolitical power, but yet uh, they were able to, to construct two pipelines and invest millions of euros in, in Russia and reach an agreement with Gorbachev. So they're right. not that, that, that useless after all. Uh, and it all stopped. Okay, it was, it was, uh, it was an American setup, if, if you say so. But, uh, but Russia was complicit in this too. I mean, it... It, the, 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 if, you, if you look at Putin's speeches and, and all the preparation before that, that's, I don't think it's realistic that, that I mean, 
Like NATO just lost in Afghanistan. It was a humiliating defeat. And like the the American American Empire has a lot of bases in South Korea and it, it cannot deal with, with the North Korean threat. I don't think that that imminent military invasion of Russia was was the reason is in any scenario reasonable proposition. It was you mean you mean the United States invading Russia? What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, I'm saying that the, this second invasion that happened this February is not uh, not um, is not made because of an imminent uh, military threat. It was basically a land grab. Or, I mean, yeah, there are few theories why it did it, but it was not necessary from the point of military defense or the self-defense. Okay. We can we can disagree on this, but yeah, we're going to disagree on that because I think it was an imminent existential threat to the existence of Russia, and I think they had to they had to react militarily because they exhausted all of the diplomatic channels, and whenever uh, Zelensky seemed to be close to coming to some type of agreement, people like Boris Johnson would show up and tell him just to hold on, and we'll give you lots of weapons, and you'll win the war. That was the problem. It's, it's exactly analogous to what the British did to Poland in 1939. They, they, helped, they egged them on into an impossible military situation, and then they abandoned them when they, when, when they said when they were uh, in need of help. I think it's, Britain played a big role in this, and I think it's the same role they played with Poland. Okay. I think that basically in, 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 in important things we agree uh, I'm just not sure that it was some some great that Ukraine presented any kind of military threat to the Russian Federation. Okay, but never mind. Well, maybe we could we could go then back to 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 the to the European Union and the nationalist and uh, the nationalist topic. Okay. Yeah, uh, but we've got a situation to to get back to to Germany once again. Yeah. Uh, where they, they simply do not, this is the most powerful economy in Europe, and they don't have representative government. And proof of that is the foreign minister, Baerbock, and the uh, economic minister, the finance minister, Habeck. These are two Greens. They're both Green Party members. And the Rand Corporation report says these are good uh, because the Greens are completely irrational people. They have an irrational fixation on uh, ecology, which makes them immune to uh, the desires of the German people. This is precisely what's going on in Germany. So Baerbock gave a speech in Prague in which she said, we are going to stand with Ukraine. She even got personal. It's like this chick has fallen in love with this uh, country. She thinks this country is a man or something like that. And she ends up by saying, you know, you can depend on me, Ukraine. We will not abandon you. Well, wait a minute. That, that's the way you should talk to your husband, honey, if you have one. That's not a country. This is a country. And you're supposed to represent the interests of the German people. And here you're selling it. You're telling the German people you will not represent their interests. And you're going to pursue this irrational crusade to the last drop of Ukrainian and German blood. This is crazy. Habeck is even worse when it comes to economics. He's, he's, look, let's, let's, be, let's be frank here. There once was a plan to destroy Germany. It was called the Morgenthau Plan. It was Jewish vengeance against the German people, not the Nazis, these people, these, Jew, these Jews, it wasn't just uh, Morgenthau, there were others involved. They thought that there was something defective about the DNA of the German people and that these people had to be somehow taken care of. What we're seeing now is the Germans, Germans like Baerbock, instant, well, let me get to the heart. What was the heart of the Morgenthau plan? The deindustrialization of Germany, turning it into a nation of subsistence farmers who could not feed themselves, which meant that 40% uh, of the German population would starve to death if that plan were implemented. This almost happened in the winter of 1946-47.
when Germany was uh, prostrate after defeat and there were warehouses full of food from the Allies and the Germans were not allowed to have food. So that was the Morgenthau plan. The Jew wanted to starve Germans to death at that point. Now you've got people like Baerbach and Habeck who are promoting Morgenthau 2.0. This is the new Morgenthau plan. It's exactly the same. The Greens want to create a de-industrialized Germany. Germany cannot survive as a de-industrialized country. It has to import food. It cannot survive. Now, this is the craziness of this situation, and no one is allowed to talk about it because you can't say that little three-letter word. You can't appeal to history. You Now, it's not even... It's not even that bad. It's worse than that. Because right now, over here in America, you have a concerted campaign to rehabilitate Henry Morgenthau Jr. as some type of hero. Ken, Ken Burns has a, a documentary. I don't know if the Croatians know about Ken Burns. He's the premier documentary maker in America. He did a documentary on the Civil War that everybody watched, everybody liked it, and now he's become a complete uh, propagandist. He is the Joseph Goebbels of the uh, uh, American regime. And now he's doing a, a documentary called The United States and the Holocaust. And it's about uh, how the United States kept Jews, prevented Jews from emigrating to America. There's one instance, there was a ship called the St. Louis the Americans refused to allow that ship to land, okay? And now we are creating a whole new Holocaust narrative in which the Americans are now the villains because the Americans are all anti-Semites. This is absolutely crazy, but this is exactly what's happening right now. Part This is one aspect of what's going on. Now there's a new biography of Morgenthau is coming out. It will be out... Uh, in October, and an excerpt came uh, was published in Politico. You can look up Politico and Morgenthau to read this ridiculous piece of propaganda in which they are saying Morgenthau is a hero. He's an American hero because he ferreted out anti-Semites in the State Department who are preventing Jews from coming over here. This is absolutely crazy revisionist history here. And this is what's going on as the propaganda campaign, the deep propaganda campaign, to the American campaign to basically destroy Germany. That's the purpose of this war. Destroy Germany. Germania Delenda Est. There was a Jew by the name of Theodore Kaufmann who wrote a book called Germany Must Perish. That is exactly Germania Delenda Est. This comes from uh, from uh, uh, who I forget, who is it? Who said it? Pliny the Elder. <laughs> Some Roman guy. <laughs> Cartago. Cartago yeah, yeah, Delenda Est. Okay, that's the famous <coughs> statement. Now it's Germania Delenda Est. We are back to that because nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed over these past uh, 70 years now is that the Jews have become more powerful. In our country, the Jews have taken more and more control over more and more forms of government. Back then, 1947, there were enough adults in the room, like Herbert Hoover, who realized that this attack on Germany, this attempt to destroy Germany, was really a, a, a plot to hand Europe over to the communists. That's probably true. The man who wrote the Morgenthau Report was Harry Dexter White. He was a Jew. He was a communist spy. He was working as uh, uh, Morgenthau's right-hand man. The probability was that if you make the Germans, if you try to make them as miserable as possible, they will welcome the Soviet Union with open arms as the alternative to Jewish revenge. That didn't work because the adults took over foreign policy, 47 uh, Herbert Hoover was instrumental in that, and then you had the Marshall Plan, and then you had the Wirtschaftswunder, and they brought Germany back by uh, rebuilding their industry. The exact opposite of what Morgenthau wanted. Yeah, what you had in Germany were also, uh, not only in Germany, in Europe, you had three Catholics that all spoke English, 
that all spoke German, I'm sorry, and they created the the European Union basically. And now you well, have. Thank God! Thank God for Catholics. Yeah. When Catholic, <laughs> when Catholics, I prefer it when Catholics are in charge because they tend to make peace. When Jews are in charge, you get war. You prove me wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but what I what I wanted to say. Uh, so the EU, the, the the half of the EU budget is strong at at, at growing food, at agriculture. So. Don't be as pessimistic. Uh, the the Greens, I agree. The Greens have uh, have this uh, masochistic uh, industrial policy of shutting down all the nuclear plants. I really don't don't see how it's how it's beneficiary or how it will help Germany. But but that's that's the other. Why why are they doing that? Have I you don't know. Done? I don't know. I think I know. I think I know. Uh, because I was there. I'm an expert on Germany because I lived there for three years. I keep saying this. But I saw what happened is the sexual corruption of the German people. I was there. I watched it happen. I can document. I've already documented it in any number of things. If you want the other side, the real, the, the German side of the story, read a book called Wieder Sex nach Deutschland kam. That's a PhD, a doctoral dissertation. It's in great detail the sexual corruption of the German people. Okay? Now, what happened is, uh, what happens when you commit sin? You're a good Catholic. You know this. You feel guilt because you've broken God's law. The Jews came in and said, uh, you can keep on sinning as long as you attribute your guilt to the Holocaust. So what happened is generation after generation, it's gotten worse over time, has internalized the Holocaust narrative, and that allows them to continue their sexual license, but it also saddles them with guilt and makes them docile pawns of the American empire. That's the generation that I'm talking about with this lady Baerbock. Read the review I did of that, uh, that book uh, called the, uh, the Appointment. That's a satire. This lady wrote, she's the same age, the same generation of German, and she's writing a book, and the whole point of the book is she's having a sex change operation, and she's having a, a, a Jewish penis sewn onto her uh, uh, vagina. I'm not making this up. I, I, I'm, I I'm, not I sure. I'm not sure I, I would like to read that stuff. But, uh. I'm not, I, I'm, not I, I'm saying this is a satire of the way that the, the of the it gives you an insight into the masochistic german why are the germans doing this to themselves it's because of the holocaust and the sexual revolution that's the that's the short answer to this yeah and to just to draw the parallel that uh, everything changes but everything remains the same so basically when lining with germany when with lining with ukraine and we're wanting to help Ukraine beyond uh, beyond the uh, rationale. It's 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 a it's a need of uh, it's it's proving your morality. It's it's stating right. on, yeah. the Germans okay. are always engaging in virtue signaling. Yeah, but, because they all feel that they're bad people because they've internalized the Holocaust narrative. So there's this constant demand for virtue signaling. That's but, what Baerbock is doing. Yeah. But on the other hand, uh, if the Germany reacted the, in the opposite way, I mean, if the reaction was not to condemn this, this second Russian invasion uh, and to remain like uh, a loyal uh, customer of, of Russian energy products, uh, isn't that another, another way of pushing it in the arms of Russia this time? Are you asking me if I had a choice if I were a German? Are you asking me who I would choose? Who do you think I would choose? Well, depends if I had to think... choose between If I had to choose yeah. between the gay disco and the Russians, who do you think I would choose? I think it's time that Germany breaks off. It's time for Germany to leave NATO. This is the only party now, the only party in Germany that has a rational platform is the communist party and the platform is 
Erdogan raus aus dem NATO und Frieden mit Russland. Peace with Russia. That's the only rational foreign policy for Germany right now, and it's only the communists who are articulating it. Yeah, you're American, and you have this Americanist tendency. I mean, to 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 try to appease the biggest em the the the, the most most powerful empire in, in the vicinity. The if you if you <laughs> okay, I agree. I mean, the NATO is only is a, is a, is a treaty. is a is a mutual defense organization that is spoiled by the Americans. So you guys are the problem here. I agree. We uh, are the problem. Yeah, and <laughs> and to cho in choosing the sides. We have we have to define Russia. I mean, is this is this? You you said you said that uh, any nationalism, uh, that nationalism that is uh, what was your words? I forgot. Uh, I, I would like to cite your email, but I have it closed. You said that the, that the Catholic nationalism is a good nationalism. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not, I, it's not a blanket endorsement of nationalism. I mentioned India. India has a nationalism that is completely tyrannical and corrupt. Narendra Modi is uh, uh, encouraging the Hindu fundamentalists there to engage in all sorts of atrocious uh, acts against both Muslims and Christians. It's yeah. a terrible situation. I agree. But we are talking about Russia now. What about Russian nationalism and the Russian state? Is this an imperial project or is this... Uh, or is this uh, new, new Roman Empire, new heavenly Roman Empire. Look, you, uh, nobody's perfect. Uh, the Russians have this natural tendency towards xenophobia, uh, and they had an opportunity to uh, to open to the West. I think there is a natural a natural tendency to want to be open to the West. I see the same thing in Iran. Because they understand that there's a deeper significance than all of these political powers. So uh, I, I just got, uh, I'm, I just finished a book on beauty, okay, and I stumble across an art academy in Moscow. And the cutting edge of mimesis, which is the cutting edge of art, art is always mimesis, it's always imitation of nature, is in Moscow now at this academy. You can look at the paintings they're doing. They are beautiful paintings. Now, some of them are icon. icon. The icon is Russian. Everything else is something that they appropriated from the West. There's a beautiful painting of Christ asleep in the boat. You know, dramatic painting. It's Italian. That's it. That, they got it from Italy. This shows you that there is a natural convert. Logos leads to a natural convergence of all people. That's why it's the basis of peace. And this is there, but it's being stifled now by all. Look, the people who are, are waging, who are creating the war here. It's the same group of people. The same group of people that took over Russia in 1917 have now taken over America. You mean Abramovich? They were called Bolsheviks then. They're called neoconservatives now. They're the same group of people. Yeah. If you let these, if you let these people have positions of power, you will end up at war with your neighbors. It's that simple. Yeah, the problem is that Russia has this group of people and they're called oligarchs. I, we, are, we are proposing the same thing, I mean, the, the cooperation between Europe and Russia. But uh, we, are, we are confusing the terms. I, see, I say that, 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 the, that the original plan uh, with Gorbachev that wanted to liberate the Russian people uh, from from the imp, uh, imp, imperial project, and in the Russian imperial project, you have to make a deal with the devil. And I think that Gorbachev wanted to free them from that and get an honest deal with the Europeans. And this was a cooperation that was on its way, and it's blocked now, but the part of the guilt is that the Russians abandoned this this idea? Now wait, they now they wait, restarted. Now wait, well, let me now finish. Wait. Let me finish. They restarted the the imperial project, and they are very much uh, have a very much. They are very much huh, in the deal with the devil. How to say it? It is. <laughs> it is as it is. I mean, pushing pushing Germany 
by deindustrializing, by pushing into the, into the Soviet hands. What do you mean? That pushing it in these imperial hands would the Germany would be better off? I don't know. I mean... No, wait a minute. You're confusing. Yeah. That was 46. That was Harry Dexter White. That was when Stalin was in charge. That was when communism was... He was collaborating with the communists to hand Western Europe over to the Soviet Union. That okay. was then. That's not now. It's okay, now... Now you have now you have the 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 U.S. State Department uh, telling to Russia that the minor incursion in Ukraine would not trigger uh, a response that it will not uh, what was the, the wording yeah it was basically basically the the, the Iraq trap like like when they lured the Iraqis to attack Kuwait you have this big conference uh, between between Biden just after he was elected and and Putin I think. And uh, the the message that the Americans went on was, if you attack, the world will end. But if there is some limited small operation, uh, nothing will happen. So that that was the wording from the American side. And I clearly see this this Russia, uh, this Russia that is set up as now, it's an imperial project. There's no going around it. <laughs> and I I don't what think do you any mean? any emperor is very mean, is very good. You mean they want what? I don't, I don't know what you mean by an imperial project. Do you mean they want to regain what they lost, like Kazakhstan? Is that what you're talking about? Or Uzbekistan? Or Russia is not a republic. Russia is not a nation state. The Russian Federation is an empire. Everybody, I mean, even the Russians uh, admit it. It's not, it's not like that we are discovering something. They, 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 they will say that it's their, it's their vision. I mean, it's like their... When you're talking about the Soviet Union, you're talking about a country that had aspiration to take over the entire world because that was the messianic vision of communism. That's yeah, not the have, vision now. That's have, not the vision now. That's it, not the same vision. It's not 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 really not not exactly the same, but it's similar in its scope. And it's not it's not uh, communist based. It's now uh, tribal based. I mean, it's it's based on their tribal. That's that's a contradiction in terms. You can't have a tribal empire. You have to have some type of messianic ideology. The United States is the hegemon with the messianic ideology. They got it from the Jews the same way the Russians got it from the Jews. Yeah, and the messianic ideology is to recreate the the Eastern Roman Empire. Because Moscow is, of course, the third Rome, uh, so basically they're counting either the first Rome was actually Rome, the second was Constantinople, and the third Rome is now Moscow, and that this is basically uh, imperial project uh, that is trying to get dressed as a holy war. I mean, have you, I don't know if you are following uh, Patriarch Kirill and his statements. No. Okay. But I know, I know that the Russian Orthodox Church is, uh, you know, inseparable from the Russian, uh, you know, political operation. That's the problem with Orthodox churches that they're too close to the state. And you have no problem pushing Europe to cooperate with an empire that has this ideology based. Well, which it's, it's a question of which empire now. Oh, the Russian, it, of course. Did you did you ever hear of the lesser of two evils? Well, we'll know if it's lesser in the end. I mean, <laughs> well, okay, I don't like the American Empire. <laughs> I don't think that it's, it's, it's like uh, it's, it's pushing the morality and, and, and the goodness in the world. But do we actually have to sprinkle some holy water on the, on the Russian Empire and say well, what, that, tell me, Tell me about the situation in Croatia right now. Is there going to be a Croatian Maloney? Is that is someone waiting in the wings? Is Croatia going to follow suit and declare independence from the European Union? Yeah, the the interesting thing with the Maloney is that in her uh, beginnings, in the political beginnings, uh, he had some statements like uh, Mussolini was a very good politician, and that uh, Croatia should not be a part of the European Union before before Croatia returned every single Jewish property. And before it returned the coast, the, some parts of the coast to Italy. Right. So that that might be uh, well, I don't know why the Jews, but uh, 
this this I Italian do. nationalism like makes uh, an immediate obstacle in cooperation with your neighbors. But the entire point of the European Union and this this like three uh, very smart uh, Catholic guys that 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 uh, father it is that now in the European Union. If you are an Italian, you can go to this. Uh, Croatian cause that you like so much uh, without using your passport, without any border stops, and you can buy a house there. So, right. I think that's, uh, that, that the EU is, is a good project with Catholic roots, and it's... But that's and precisely can, and the can, problem. And, <laughs> and by pushing that's in precise. it... <laughs> and by pushing that's in it, and, and like with, with blessing... The, this this uh, this Russian Empire instead, and looking at the Russian Empire as a kind of a model, and and the lesser evil is not doing any good. Well, the problem is precisely the Catholic influence evaporated over this last seventy years. It's become completely insignificant. Look at the situation of the Catholic Church in Germany. Just look at the situation of the clergy. Yeah. Do they believe in the Catholic faith? It's hard to tell. The Belgian bishops have just ba uh, baptized, uh, 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 allowed homosexual marriage. This is part of the problem here. You've got the total collapse of Catholic culture during this period of time. And I, I think I know the reason. I've already told you the reason. It was the sexual corruption of the German people that led to that. Yeah, the led, Catholics led to the loss yeah, of faith. There, there are a lot of lousy Catholics all around Europe. And the, the 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 German synodal leg is a disaster. It's right. it's, it's disgusting. We're back, we're back to Civita Cattolica. But a but 1890, 1890. Yeah. Any country that rebels against laws created by Catholic princes will end up being ruled by Jews. That was the statement of Civita Cattolica in 1890, and it was true, true today. But. Uh, you, we know what what is this synodal leg? What they want? They want uh, the communion for the for the divorced and remarried. Do you know what is the what is the uh, the ultimate discussion in the Orthodox Church now? What? What? Okay, so if you are Orthodox, you can divorce and remarry. You know that. Yes. Yeah, but now the Orthodox priests want also the the possibility that they can uh, divorce and remarry. Right. Yeah. So, as bad as Europe is, I don't. I don't think that 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 the Eastern model will, will like say that. Listen, there is no way in the world that the Orthodox could impose their religion on the Catholics. It will. It will never happen. They are a totally ethnocentric. Every Orthodox church is totally ethnocentric. They do not have that expansionist. Mentality. They simply don't have it. I mean, I just gave a lecture on Giotto. They don't have an expansionist mentality? Uh, do no. you know where Pridnestrovli is? It's... Well, it's... Pridnestrovli is... is at the, the delta of Danube. And it was taken by the Russians in the early 90s. And if now they manage to conquer Odessa, uh, they will create a land bridge to Pridnestrovlje. So we are, it's a pretty expansionist plan that is, you cannot say you're that. Talk, you're talking about the Russian, the Russian state, not the Russian religion. What's the difference? I, I told you they're closely related, too closely related. But uh, to, it, to the idea that the Russian state would impose the Russian Orthodox religion on other people, it doesn't make any sense. Well, <laughs> it hasn't. When when did this happen? Did it happen in Uzbekistan? I uh, it happened. Okay, we have uh, we have our first neighbors are our, our, our Serbs. They have their own right. ethnic church. Right. And basically, uh, after the war, you know, the kingdom of uh, Serbs, Croats, and Slovenes was formed after the Austro-Hungarian Empire uh, fell apart. Okay, so uh, they were like the dominant nation in this empire. There were some right. uh, ethnic problems. And the way that Belgrade resolved these problems was to create the Yugoslav ethnicity, 
and basically to forbid the Croatian and the, and the Slovenian identity. And so you have, uh, uh, let's say, uh, this is a good example. This is a small Adriatic island in the middle of the Adriatic Sea. It, so it's, it has a big strategic value. Uh, it's 99.9% .9 Catholic, it was. So after, you know, after, the, after this, uh, this uh, uh, central government in Belgrade gets it absolutist way, uh, first they sent, they start building a, a, a Serb Orthodox church on Wies. There's no, no single Serb Orthodox living in Wies. They build a church, they send their priest from Belgrade, and they, then they offer some land to some 30 guys that will convert to uh, Serb Orthodoxy in exchange for this land that they before uh, nationalized from the Catholic Church. So basically, and it works. Uh, they got their 30 guys and they say, okay, we are very grateful to the governments in Belgrade. So it, uh, at least this, this priest here uh, is more sympathetic because the other guys are appointing us uh, Italians that, are, that we don't really like. This is like a closer, the, the guy is better with us. And, I, and so the, <laughs> the, the operation uh, seems, to, seems to, to be successful on this island and it looks as if they will, they will create a, a foothold. Okay. But on the Vis they, did not, they were not that lucky because the state collapsed. This, uh, this land operation was cancelled. Uh, so these 30 guys uh, felt uh, betrayed and, you know, played, so they destroyed the church by themselves. So it was, this is just an example of, of the uh, island of Vis, but in many, in many instances it worked. You have uh, the, the state of Montenegro, I don't know if you know the state of Montenegro. Yes. Yeah, so it was Catholic state, so Catholics lived there. You have some 300 Catholic churches in Montenegro uh, left. Uh, you had more, but a uh, number of them, part of them were converted to the, to the Orthodox religion. And uh, being ruled by the Orthodox, I don't know, you have maybe now 300 Catholics. So you have a Catholic church for every two or three Catholics now there. So there's, there's like... Uh, historic trajectory of the okay. development and the, and the, let's say... Oh, so let's let's bring this yeah. up to the present now. If the yeah. Russians defeat the Ukrainians, the Serbs will start marching on Croatia. Is that what you're saying? No, no, it, it, won't, it won't end in Ukraine. Because next to Ukraine, there's the Pridnestrovlje and Moldavia. So you basically now have the land bridge from Ukraine to Pridnestrovlje. Then, I don't know if you know uh, the Abkhazia and South Ossetia. So we are talking about Georgia too. Right. And then you have Russian bases in Armenia also. So you have... Right. Uh, you have an imperial project, basically. I don't know. I'm not... It's all far away. I'm not... I'm not uh, I don't think the Croatians are, uh, are endangered by the Russians. The Russians are not threat to the Croatians. And we traditionally have good relations. I mean, the Russians don't owe us, owe us anything. We don't expect anything from the Russians. The, the cultures are similar, so we can have right, fun. Let, let, let's, let's take a step back it's and not, talk this is, about... This is, not, this is not me speaking as a Croatian nationalist or something. I'm just showing you that the religion, that that kind of of religious organization is not really uh, compatible with the, with the Catholic idea. All right, so if you weaken the European Union, are you going to uh, facilitate ethnic conflict? Will that be the result of a weakened European Union? <laughs> the, the European Union is a Catholic idea of resolving an ethnic conflict. Of uh, if you if you want to yeah that's to... in the beginning that's the beginning that's not yeah. what it is now though well is it? now now is the European it? the European Union is now the, a mess but this mess is far better than any alternative 
in existence today. So that's my opinion. But and I well, know the, Ital the Italians in... don't think so. The what? Italians are burning the European Union flag now, and they elected Maloney. The, the European Union has just become too tyrannical. It's too it's too involved. It's become a, an oligarchy, an oligarchy, and and what they're creating is local representatives of the oligarchy that rules Europe now, which is part of the American Empire. That's what Baerbock is. Her her loyalty is to the oligarchy. It's not to the German people. Okay. How do you res how do you resolve that problem? Well, Other the German people, the German with, people with the elected nationalism. Uh, the German... Nas nationalism is the only way that you're going to resolve that problem. <laughs> there has to be a course correction. <laughs> the European Union is a resolution of the problem that nationalism created. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, and now nationalism will be a solution to the problem that the European <laughs> Union created. Now the nationalism, the, 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 this nationalism, what now? Yeah. The, the, so the Italian lady does what she promised in, in advance, and now what? She uh, restores the, the the property of the Jews and what she invades Croatia to get the, to be able so the Italians can come on the Croatian coast. Well, they can come on the Croatian coast because we are in the European Union. There are no borders, so they can freely come here and you know you, take a are swim. Are you serious? Are you serious when you say the Italians will invade Croatia? No, I'm not serious. But you are proposing the nationalist uh, agenda, and this is the nationalist agenda. You know, I mean, no, the if the, if the, the European the Union. You're, you're confusing it with Mussolini, which was a different era. The nationalist agenda is necessary now because no one represents the interests of the Italian people. No political party represents the interests of the German people. I don't know where about Croatia. France and every European country has the same problem. The elites okay. do not represent the people. So you are proposing that we, it's called, this movement is in Croatia is called uh, sovereignism. And it's financed by the, by the you know, by the, by the usual suspects. So what they are saying is, okay, screw Europe, this, this all this Catholic stuff is, is, is worthless. We, Croatia, will be an empire of our own. We will be a fortress and we will fight in the world for our, we'll have our currency, we'll have our economy. Yeah, right. So it'll be like, what, 3 million people and we'll stand firm against the US and the, and the Russian Federation and China. Yeah, that, that's a really good way to go. You know, the, <laughs> what's Italy? You'll, I be, mean, you'll, be a, you'll be a sovereign country like yeah, Bosnia yeah, you and can, Herzegovina. Uh, Mike, you can be a sovereign country of 3 million people. It's not a sovereign country. It's a joke. And if you are, if, if you are a member of the EU, and you you know how to and you and you can know and you know how to act and play intelligently. You are much better off than than being uh, than being a joke. I mean, Italy is a joke, let alone Croatia. If if EU is that bad and Italy is that good, do you think that in a million years uh, the court in Italy would allow the Supreme Court in Italy would allow? Uh, uh, Abortion to be banned. Would the Supreme Court allow abortion to be banned? In Italy. They did prevent uh, abor abortion. Was it illegal until recently? Yeah, but now. Was it? Right. And who, who's responsible for that? Well, the EU is not preventing the banning of abortion. I think the EU are. legal system what, allows... What, what, Abortion to what, be banned. What's, what, there's a problem with Hungary right now. Hungary is now trying to uh, limit abortion, and they're getting uh, opposition from the European Union. The same thing with <laughs> homosexual rights, right? It's, the same it's not because... Thing. No, no, no. Poland, yeah, yeah. Poland did homosexual rights. The whole situation in Poland has changed because of the war, but they were getting uh, uh, resistance from the European Union because... Homosexual rights is a fundamental value for the European Union. That's the problem. When you get into this area, you cannot have a, a peaceful solution. Once you get into areas like this, the, if it were run by Catholics, it never would have gotten into this situation in the first place. Uh, it was set up by the Catholics, but it's not perfect, you know. So Poland, for example, I think the Poland and Malta, they are both in the EU, and they both have uh, basically uh, bans on abortion.
okay, to the extent that it's allowed. But uh, Hungary is encroaching on the ban. It's it's trying to limit it. They're they're now making it every no. every Hungarian woman has to listen to a uh, a, 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 a listen to the heartbeat of the fetus so that she can get some type of certificate that's, that will that, allow her to have an abortion. Right. <laughs> the the Hungary is okay. There is there is a there is a difference between it's not the Hungary is not in problems because of the abortion because. If it were for abortion, Malta would be in troubles for decades, and Poland would be in the same problems too. So what what uh, Hungary is doing is is their leadership of Hungary is engaged in a certain uh, ultra national economic practices that kind of look cronish. Look what? I think that that's 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 at least. This is nominally like a, like a problem, and uh, I know it from a second hand because they were involved involved with some with some uh, uh, oil company in Croatia too, and I know how it finished. They are basically, ha! Huh, they are they are they are acting as a clan, <laughs> as a, as a tribe. <laughs> in the, in, well, they are a tribe. What? They are a tribe. They are a tribe. How many people speak Hungarian? Nobody understands Hungarian. <laughs> well, if you are, if you are, if you behave like Catholic, you know how to balance this thing up because That's the Catholic Church is That's is why a, Europe worked. It was a combination of ethnic solidarity and universality, as a, like the Catholic Church. Yeah. That's why Europe worked. Yeah, and EU, it's an attempt to recreate that. And and Look, only only the it, attempt. It, 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 yeah, tell me. Okay. But you have to have this balance between particularity and universality. Well, I agree. If you, if you have one or the other, it's not going to work. And so you got this crazy universality now of the American Empire, European Union, with absolutely crazy ideas like transgenderism being imposed on people in direct violation of their religion and their conscience. That's not going to work. If it were Catholic, it would work. It's not Catholic. Even the church isn't Catholic anymore in Germany. The church is completely capitulated to the to the American Empire and their demands for homosexuality and so on and so forth. That's the problem. Yeah, it, it seems that way. But the way the way you help the the church in Austria or in Germany is not to cheer for the Russian Orthodox Church because that's even bigger mess. You kind of help it by supporting the Poles and, okay, us, the German satellites, uh, because we have some uh, we have some issues with the Austrian and German churches, uh, and it's all also tied with the with the Second World War and the Nazi narrative. Uh, I I agree. I look. Yeah. I I've been, I've, I'm saying the same thing is happening in Iran right now. You've seen the hijab protest. Have you been watching them? Yeah. Okay, so the Iranians are being asked to choose between CIA feminism and Islamic fundamentalism. Well, which would you choose? Which one is right? They're both wrong. That's the problem. There is no center. There, there's, there is The ethnic center has been abolished. The ethnic center being Persian culture. There is a Persian ethnic identity because they retain their language. They speak Farsi. They don't speak Arabic, even though they're uh, an Arabic country. But because of the situation, the geopolitical situation, they're constantly swinging back from one extreme to the other. And the one extreme leads to the other extreme. So 50, 53, the, Shah, the CIA has one coup. They put the Shah in. That leads to Islam, the Islamic reaction. Now the Islamic reaction is leading back to another CIA coup. I'm trying to say there's got to be some type of ability to choose the mean here. If you can understand it there, I think you can understand it in Europe as well. There are two extremes now. They have failed because they're extremes. The American empire is a failed operation. It can't support this. It, 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 it's irrational. The Americans uh, that I know want to get rid of the American empire. We are, we are a conquered people. 
The people who live in Indiana are, in some sense, a conquered people because they're being ruled by people who live in New York and Hollywood. That's part of the problem. The part of, and, and what happened here is that the Supreme Court is basically, it's Jewish hegemony over our culture. That began with the abortion decision, the Supreme Court abortion decision. That was Jewish hegemony. And now the Jews are saying, uh, now the Supreme Court broke that. Now, uh, there is going to be a split in this country over abortion because there can be no peace with abortion. You're going to have, on the one hand, you're going to have the consciences of the people who still have a hold on morality. On the other hand, you're going to have the guilty conscience of all the women who have had abortions who have become completely irrational zealots for the Democratic Party. That, thanks to the Jews. We have the Jews to thank for that division in our country because they are the source of abortion. Abortion is a Jewish sacrament. So how do you get back to that? How do you get back, uh, back away from the edge, from the abyss? That's, that's the problem. That's the challenge here. Well, in Croatia, it's, uh, in, and in the European Union, is the problem with the long march through the institutions and with, the, with this, uh, let's say, <laughs> with, with the values that are fed through the media. It's basically, well, it's called here an American influence, but I don't think that America has much to do with it. It's you fight it, you fight it by by promoting the the Catholic Church. That you, That's right. you fight it back. That's right. Yeah, I thought it is. I I agree with you. But we yeah. we are the, we have been the victims of identity theft. Catholics have been the victims of identity theft. We don't have an identity anymore because of various things that have happened. Largely, the American empire here has robbed the Catholics of their identity. Yeah. What's, what's, uh, what, what's the tool in Croatia? It's the, it's the uh, Croatian constitution has this, uh, what's this, rerum novarum paragraph inside. So as you yeah. know, the once... Uh, in the Second World War, this, he was this uh, this proxy uh, proxy Nazi uh, creation called the uh, Independent State of Croatia, that had this Nazi puppet regime. So the new Croatian Constitution has written inside that this that the that this modern Croatia uh, rejects all this uh, you know the Nazi Croatia, and that it's based on the anti-fascist uh, tradition of the socialist Croatia that is created after the 45. No, uh, yeah, that is based basically on the anti-fascism. But in the Europe, uh, okay, nobody liked fascism and the Second World War, uh, but you immediately have uh, two anti-fascism. Uh, one, one is the, one opposition to fascism is the traditional church, like Robert Schuman, that was very much against the fascism and the Nazis, but he was a pious Catholic, and he he actually fought against it, but from his perspective. And on the other hand, you have this Bolshevism, this extreme Bolshevism that is also anti-fascist. So they never never uh, got the idea to define the what anti-fascism exactly. Uh, is your is your basic uh, <laughs> is, I, your is your foundation foundational uh, program? You know, and I it think happens, the, the yeah. I think the the original vision of the Second Vatican Council was the vision of Cardinal Ottaviani, who saw both the Soviet Union and the United States as a threat to Catholic identity. Yeah, and, and those documents, those documents were thrown out because of one man, and that one man was Joseph Ratzinger, and that's Joseph Ratzinger imposed the Holocaust narrative on the Church. The American, the Americanist Holocaust narrative got imposed on the Church, and it's had a distorting effect ever since. Ever since, and we have to break away from that. We have to break out and get back to 
a traditional understanding of what it means to be a Catholic. Yeah. And the main the main obstacle is the Jewish question. The main thing that changed over this period of time is the church's relationship with the Jews. Now, it's not in the documents, but there are problems in the documents. I'm talking about Nostratate. And then you had, you know, the Polish Pope and his relationship with the Jews, his relationship with the American Empire. It's, it's created a distortion. It's created a distortion of Catholicism that we're going to have to overcome before we can make any progress uh, with uh, the world that we live in, straightening out the world that we live in. Yeah. We have to resist the notion, I mean, a lot, and from, uh, just to finish my thought, uh, let's say, so you have basically two groups fighting for, like, for this, for this ideological, uh, higher moral ground. You have the group that's, uh, that's basically pro-Catholic, traditional, and you have all this anti-Catholic coalition that has invested a lot of time, money, and energy uh, in an attempt to connect the Catholic Church and the Nazis. So, you, <laughs> I mean, the, the things that are not, not compatible with Catholicism in any way are attributed to it, you know. And it's, it's ongoing in Croatia. And it's even... Uh, so basically, now you have even the situation where the Austrian bishops are banning uh, some some uh, what's the name some mass for the for the deceased right the blyborg yeah the the they're, so they're, they're the banning they're banning the mass because it's it's nazis you know some nazis were buried Wait, there who's behind that who who told the <laughs> austrian bishops to do that they didn't decide that on their yeah. own it was the world jewish congress that told them to do that Right. When is the church going to stand up to the Jews? That's yeah, the big yeah. question. Yeah, the the Serbs tried to block it, but they had no no success. But the, when the Jews showed up, they the Austrians obeyed. Yeah, yeah that's they, exactly the problem. That is the internalization of the Holocaust narrative. The Holocaust narrative is another religion. It's another religion, and so what you're talking about is idolatry here, idolatry. When the Pope goes to uh, Yad Vashem and offers up incense to their idols, that's idolatry. That's a sin. He shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, well, yeah, this Pope is doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> we better don't get into it. <laughs> it goes from bad to worse. Bad to worse. Anyway, we're over. We're over an hour. Mike, if I don't, if I don't stop now, I'll start saying all kinds of crazy shit. Okay. So I better, we better stop it now. Thanks a lot for your time, Mike, and uh, it was nice to hear from you. Thank you, thank you, Tony. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Mike. Peace. Peace.